You are back with Faith FM, 87.6, 87.88. We are now into our 8 o'clock uh, session of the breakfast show with Lyle and Mon, and we are about to start our encounter with God. But before we do that, I'm going to hit you with another clue for this quiz, this quiz which is still live, unanswered, and thankfully Lyle hasn't accidentally given it away. So who am I? <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't you love how all of all of my mistakes have a life that lasts like a month? Life expectancy is very good for mistakes here in the studio. <laughs> okay, okay, next clue. Who am I? Saul attempted to pin me to the wall twice by hurling a spear at me. That's pretty obvious. We all know who this is. Come on now, give us a call. One eight hundred Faith FM. One eight hundred. It wasn't a spear. Shh, please stop talking. Please, at this point, I really, really don't want you to say anything more about it. One eight hundred three. It was three, a javelin. One eight hundred three two. Sh- there is sh- different. Let me set the phone number. Let me set the phone number. One eight hundred three two four eight four three. And now we're going to quickly start our Bible study. It was a javelin. It was a javelin. It was a javelin. You're giving like seriously. I'm sweating. (laughs) 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 I'm so nervous that you're going to say the answer again. Okay. Uh, okay. The Book of Acts. Let's just turn to the Book of Acts and forget about the quiz. (laughs) But we all know who the answer is. Give us a call. Okay. Ephesus. Ephesus. Okay, so Acts. Yes, let's not go to the book of Ephesus. Let's go to the book of Acts. (laughs) Acts chapter 19, and we will start reading in verse 8. What have you got for us there, Mon? Okay, 19 verse 8. Then Paul went to the synagogue and preached boldly for the next three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. Gets a bit of a break here, doesn't he? Yeah, three months. Ooh, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a pretty long sermon. No, <laughs> I'm sure he has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say it would be every Sabbath for the next three months. Yeah, okay. Oh, not every day? Uh, possibly, possibly. Oh, then it does say he went to the synagogue. Were, this, were synagogues open week round? Or was it <coughs> a lot of synagogues are. Okay. Yeah, no question Still about now. that. Absolutely. Oh, so you can like go there and... Yeah, rabbis love to sit around and talk about the Bible and, and to discuss and study things backwards and forwards. And man, these guys can be serious scholars. I wish I wish our churches were open all week round. Do you remember the time when all churches were just open all the time? Yeah, yeah. it was the best. I miss that. Mm-hmm. You could turn up there and talk to a, a pastor and get a Bible study or you know mm-hmm. have prayer with someone. Yeah, churches should be open. They should. They should. Hey, I should get a job just holding a church open. Maybe you should. I can pray with people. Mm -hmm. I can do 20 million movement with them, little studies. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. We should, we should, Lyle, this is a great idea. We should totally start like a petition to get all Adventist churches open 24 7 again. Not all Adventist churches, just all churches. Yeah, well, I mean, them too. People need to be ministered to everywhere. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, but we need to, we need a campaign <coughs> that there be like a collection taken up so that, you know, this can actually be a job and someone can get paid to do it. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Just walk into any church anytime. Or, can pray for you. We should just mobilize our retirees and they can all like volunteer one day a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a banging idea. Am I the first person to have this idea? Mm-hmm. Oh, Mon. I'm surprised I, I w- myself to say. I, 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 if, if I were you, I'd take credit for it. Because I, I haven't I'm heard gonna it before. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do Put it. Put your name to it. I will. Call it Mon's idea. Hey, aren't you the pastor of a church? I was thinking I should, con- <laughs> I should contact the pastor of my church, but I think that might be you, Lyle. <laughs> we need to have a chat. I've got an idea to share with you. <laughs> uh, nominating committee is coming up. There you go. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. So where are we up to? Acts. Oh, uh, yes. Verse nine. Yes, verse nine. Son. But some became stubborn, rejecting his message and publicly speaking against the way, way with the capital. So Paul left the synagogue and took the believers with him. Then he held daily discussions at the lecture hall of Tyrannus. So it was daily. It was every day. Mm-hmm. 
This went on for the next two years. Mm-hmm. What? So that people throughout turning page throughout the province of Asia, both Jews and Greeks heard the word of the Lord. Okay, stop right there because this is just a super exciting passage to me. This I love this 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 whole what, everything that's taking place here. Uh huh. This is incredible. Two years every day he's yes. doing this. Yes. Wow. Yes. I'm blown away. And where is he doing it? Uh, the province of Asia. No. Oh, no? No. Uh, Tyrannus? The house of Tyrannus. Okay, yep, yep. Uh, not to be confused with Tyrannosaurus. Tyrannosaurus <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I wonder where the T-Rex got its name from. I wonder whether there's a relationship between... Yeah, good point. A T-Rex, that should be a Latin name, but this is a, obviously a Greek city and uh-huh. a Greek name that uh-huh. we have here. I'm going to look that up and find out. Where, if you know the answer, does, does the House of Tyrannus have a relationship to the uh, famous T-Rex? Yeah, maybe that would be... Give us a call, 1-800-324-843 if you know the answer. Give us a schooling. On yeah. history and dinosaurs. Okay, so uh, where are we up to? Okay, so he is teaching in one house. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. He's not teaching anywhere else. Mm-hmm. He's not teaching in the city of Ephesus, anywhere else. He is just teaching in one house. He's like basically turned this house into a school. And how many people hear the gospel? Uh, it sounds like most of Asia. <laughs> okay, most of Asia. Yeah. So this is uh, Asia Minor that we're talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, when you stop and think about that for a moment, that is a massive effect. And what it speaks to is the power of education. Can you imagine? This is something I'm incredibly passionate about, even yeah. though I don't have the greatest education. But education is the most powerful force that there is. Can you imagine if disciples and apostles back then had social media? They did have social media. They had like the grapevine. It was called gossip, the grapevine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's far more efficient than Twitter. But can you imagine? I reckon, I reckon Jesus would have already come if we had technology like this, like we have now back Maybe. then. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, because that would have told everybody. Yeah. 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 Because the whole of Asia, that's, that's, that's pretty impressive in two years. That's right. And, and I could tell you, it, it, it speaks of the power of the gospel because Amen. you're dealing with religions that have a very strong appeal to the flesh. Mm hmm. To humanity and to, you know, to the baser passions of humanity. Mm hmm. And yet, you've got Paul turns up with this uh, with this gospel message that is all about dying to self, surrender, um, you know, denying the baser passions, living a, a moral life, mm-hmm. um, holding high moral principles. You 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 sort of look at it from a pagan perspective, and you ask, well, what is the advantage of Christianity? And of course, the advantage of Christianity was the life of Jesus. Amen. You know, you don't have an effect that this that is this powerful without having an incredibly powerful cause behind it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, and so here you've got Paul, and he simply rather you know he could have gone out and said you know what I'm going to evangelize the whole of Asia and gone from city to city from town to town and uh, and and done that and he would never have anything like the effect that he had by simply going to the house of. Uh, Tyrannus and teaching there. It is incredible that from one location he reaches one so location far. he reaches yeah. the whole of Asia, the yeah. whole of Turkey. Yeah, it, 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 it boggles region. the mind because, like you just said, you'd usually think if you wanted to reach an entire country that you'd have to travel the entire country. Yeah, but no. d- one little. Yep. Yeah, little what's it called? The nucleus. Education is the most everything. powerful force we have in our world. It's true. It's as simple as that. It's if true. you can, if you change the educational system of a country. You change the entire country in one generation. Mm-hmm. That's true. Absolutely. You, know, you, you, you think about that, and, and and of course, this is why you know um, uh, you've got people who are like, yeah, we need to we need to get involved in politics. 
um, to change a country. You get others who like, we need to get involved in big business to change a country. And you can certainly have an impact Mm -hmm. from the standpoint of politics. Mm -hmm. You can have an impact from the standpoint of big business. But there is nothing like the impact that you can have from the standpoint of education. Education. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it's a longer term Uh solution. Yeah. But it is a thorough and a complete solution. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a cement solution. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and, that, and I guess that, that brings into um, focus the fact that you know it works with kids. That's what, when we talk about education, educating yes. the kids. And I yes. think this is one yes. of the reasons why yes. the devil tries to get at our kids because he knows if he, and he can tries get to get them out young, our, he, he tries to get our education system. Mm-hmm. Our education system here in Australia is under serious attack. Which is why we need to guard it so carefully. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I think of. Uh, you know, uh, Bible schools like say Arise, mm-hmm. and the value that they bring uh, is yes. just outstanding. The value that they that they bring to uh, you know, and, and if there's anybody out there who's uh, considering doing, uh, um, you know, going to Bible college, it's a um, three and a half month course that I think it is, yeah, four month course, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, a beautiful location up there in Kingscliff. Give mm-hmm. us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and we can set that up for you. The applications I think opened last week mm-hmm. for the next session of Arise, but we need to have this in you know every part of Australia. Yeah. We have like one of these in Australia. Two in every town. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. now you're talking. Now yeah. you're talking. Uh-huh. Where we can where we can educate our young people in service for God and education ed- educate them in discipleship. Yeah, look, I went to Bible college and I went when I was already uh, substantially older. I was a mature age student by the time I did that, and it was simply put the best thing I've done. Mm. In my life, mm-hmm. and I only wish I'd done it sooner, and uh, and I would highly recommend it without reservation to absolutely everyone. Just no matter what age you are, take some time out, go to Bible school. Yeah, I went overseas when I was twenty years old, mm-hmm. and it was just completely transforming to go to Bible college. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so he starts his Bible school right here in the city of Ephesus, and as a result of that, all of Turkey hears about the Word of God. Simple Indeed. as that. Mm-hmm. Let's continue on. Let's uh, read. Mm, this is that passage, Lyle. Oh, what passage? The passage with the with the hankies. Oh, what that passage? It's that passage. Oh, you can't read it out of that translation. Oh, you have to read it out of the King James Version. I knew you were going to make a fuss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much fun in the King James Version. Go on then. Go on then. Where are we up to? Verse uh, uh, 11. 1911. 1911. The Bible says, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. See if you can, see if you can pick this up. So that from his body were brought under the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. So you got some sick did, you, did, did you pick it up there? <laughs> so that from his body were brought under the sick handkerchiefs and or aprons. Mm-hmm. There's a comma missing, and it's so funny. It should read so that from his body were brought under the sick comma handkerchiefs or aprons. Comma. Ah, but it doesn't say that. It says brought under the sick handkerchiefs. <laughs> the handkerchiefs of sick. <laughs> yeah, the handkerchiefs Maybe the handkerchiefs need to go to bed and sleep it off. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get some Panadol for these handkerchiefs? (laughs) And you might wonder, how did they mess that one up so badly? Well, the answer is very simple. The New Testament, when it was written, was written in Greek. Mm It was written in all capital letters. Mm -hmm. It was written without any spaces between the words. And it was written without any punctuation marks at all. 
Indeed. As they and so when it was in. translated into English, of course, you know, you've got to add some extra words here and there for it to make sense. But not only that, you also have to figure out where the punctuation goes. You have to figure out where the break between the words is. And you have to add all of that in. And, of course, on occasions they made some pretty epic mistakes. They did. This one and Luke 24 are the two big ones in the in the KJV. Oh, the one where Jesus is talking to the thief? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And then Jesus doesn't go there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit confusing. Yeah. And the whole false doctrines come out of that one. Oh, yeah. yeah of course yeah. it should read, um, truly I say unto you today, comma, you will be with me in paradise. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Move the common one direction, and, yeah. and now the Bible contradicts itself, and people are going, "What? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense." Jesus didn't go to paradise that day. How could the thief be with, with him there in paradise that day? That's impossible. Can you imagine if they made some sort of false doctrine out of sick handkerchiefs? Yeah, now that one <laughs> that would have been an interesting doctrine. <laughs> Let me read it in my translations because it's okay. a bit easier to understand what actually yeah, was going I think, on. There. I think the KJV is the only one that has this stuff up in it. Okay, and it okay. became such an epic one <laughs> that everybody thereafter was very careful not to make the same mistake. <laughs> Okay, mine says... <laughs> You've heard about the Wicked Bible, right? The Wicked Bible? No, You've I have never heard of the no, Wicked Bible? what is it? What is it? The Wicked Bible um, was a King James Bible where the where, where the, it wasn't where the translators stuffed up. Uh-huh. It was the printers messed up. Oh, no. What did they do? Okay. Um, it was... Um, they left out one word. Uh-huh. It was the word not. Uh-oh. It was in the Ten Commandments. Oh, no, no, Lyle, of all the words. It was in the Seventh Commandment. Was that thou shalt kill? No, adultery. Oh, no. I left out the word thou shalt not commit adultery and it reads thou shalt commit adultery. How many of, the, how many of these Bibles got printed? Well, most of them were destroyed. Yeah. Uh, this was a very, very long time ago. I was like back in the like 1600s, I can't remember when. And most of them were found and destroyed, but there are a few that have survived. And they are worth a that would be a yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah massive amounts of money, and uh, yeah, they're called the Wicked Bible. That's hilarious. That's hu- that's your that's your piece of Bible trivia for today. I'm gonna not ever use one of those. <laughs> but let me. You'll be hard pressed to find one. There's like two of them left in the world. <laughs> okay, hopefully they're in museums and not in in the hands of any teachers. <laughs> let Indeed. me tell you what these verses say in uh, in my version. So Paul, uh, sorry, so God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. That's incredible. That's really oh, yeah. incredible. That's um, and this shows the power of God. You know, Amen. God is working in a very powerful way here in Ephesus, where you know Paul is has set up, and uh, he um, he is ministering there for an extended period of time, and and God is working miracles mm-hmm. through him. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about that, it's no wonder that uh, that the gospel spread so quickly. This yeah. was this was something that was um, far above the power of pagan gods to be able to do. Yeah, they would have recognized it was a higher power at work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and paid attention. Hmm. So should we expect to see miracles like that today? Yes. Do we? We don't. You do. In, last time in you Australia. Had, last time you had the flu, did you call up... Um, the pastor and get him to send me a handkerchief that he'd touched? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's actually there's an interesting thought. Why would you send a handkerchief um, to someone who is sick? Um, <laughs> can you imagine calling the pastor, can you send me your barbecue apron that you wore last week or something? <laughs> Make sure you send a clean one. 
No, I, I don't think we see those kind of things in Australia. I, I, I do believe that kind of stuff is taking place in third world countries. It does take place in Australia yeah. and it does pl- take place in developing countries. Uh, what we need to recognise is that this is specified in the Bible. Um, it actually becomes a feature of the Bible because this was something that was taking place um, at this particular time, in this particular place, and it wasn't just universal everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If it was just universal everywhere, then it wouldn't be mentioned in the Bible. And so God chose to work through this particular circumstance. And uh, some people have this impression that you know God is always going to work in miraculous ways in every location at every time through every Christian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the Bible talks about those who have the gift of miracles. The Bible doesn't say that everyone has the gift of miracles. And the model that you find in the Bible is not one of just universal miracles everywhere. When miracles take place like this, they are specifically mentioned because they are out of the ordinary. They are not the ordinary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's important to, uh, you know, to keep these, all these things in balance. All right. Keep going. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sevka. Skeva. Skeva, my bad. A is, leading- it easy way, is it an easy, easy name to remember? You just because think he's a bit of a schemer. Ah, Skeva was a schemer. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, he's like, he sees, he sees demons being thrown out in the name of Jesus, and he's like, oh. Business. The name of Jesus. Mm, it's a little bit like uh, the magic word. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's literally what he was thinking. Yeah. Okay. Well, he had seven sons and uh, and he was a leading priest and he was doing this. But one time they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leapt on them, overpowered them and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Mm-hmm. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread wildly and had a powerful effect. Okay, let's stop there and let's let's think about this part of the story that we have read so far. So much happening here. I kind of have a perverse enjoyment of the story of the seven sons of Sceva. <laughs> Come on. Because <laughs> <laughs> here they're like, yeah, we've got the latest magic word uh-huh. and it seems to be working really well, so we'll do this. Mm-hmm. And there's seven of them there in this house where this guy is possessed with a demon. So they decide, yeah, we're going to throw this demon out in the name of Jesus. And the demon's like, hey, I know Jesus. I don't I know, know Paul. Paul. But who on earth are you? Yeah. Huh? And then he beats them all up, all seven of them. Oh, he up. beats them up and tears their clothes off so that they go running for their lives. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty crazy. You've got, you got to have a perverse enjoyment in that story. Yeah, yeah. But it does show that when you are dealing with Satan, this is not something to be taken lightly. Mm, mm-hmm. We are dealing with a force that is beyond what we can begin to understand, mm-hmm. and we should not be messing around with it lightly. And we we, we need should not be messing around with it at, at all. all. We and we need to be sure that we know Jesus. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you don't know Jesus, then simply don't go there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the demon will reply, "Well, I know Jesus. I know Paul. I know you know these other people." But who are you? But who are you? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this would be a very sobering experience for Skeva and his sons, not just for the people of Ephesus at this particular time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, of course, they have a book burning. I love a good yeah, book burning. Yeah, I didn't know that happened. That's really incredible. Mm. Yeah. Ever had a book burning? No. Book no. burning's cool. Something, something that uh, maybe some of our listeners 
have done before. Could, could consider. Yeah. I've, I've had different kinds of burns, but not book burning specifically. Have you had a CD burning? No, no. It was a, it was a, a, diff, a collection of a different kind. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, is this something you've done before? Yeah, I've had a book burning. Um, and when we'll come back from the break in just a minute, and I'll tell you all about it. It was a very sobering experience. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. The devil is real. Oh, this is very exciting. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this song. This is Kate Gunter and Chris Wagner.
Okay, welcome back, guys. And just in case you were wondering about a question that we raised a little bit earlier, I had an opportunity to look it up during the song break, and we found that Paul was speaking in the house of Tyrannus. Mm-hmm. Tyrannosaurus Rex mm-hmm. means, and we should have been able to figure this one out from Latin, um, Tyrannus, tyrant. Yeah. Uh, Saurus, lizard. Uh-huh. Rex, king. The tyrant lizard king. Whether that's got anything to do with the house of Tyrannus that uh, Paul was preaching in, I still have yet to figure out the connection between Greek and Latin on this one. <laughs> if there's a connection, it's probably you, not a very flashy you know, one. If you know what the uh, if you know what the connection is and whether there is a connection, uh, a, a Greek Latin connection here, then give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three. A very unflattering connection, no doubt. I don't know why I didn't. Uh, this is so obvious. Uh-huh. Tyrannosaurus Rex. I mean, seriously, we all know Rex is king. We all know that tyrant. I didn't. I know Ray is king. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Educational for both of us. <laughs> <coughs> we're both learning something new here this morning, but we need to come back to our story. We were talking about something really cool before we went to the music song, the music break. What was that? Uh, a bonfire, uh, book burning. Book burnings, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. And you were to tell a story. You're going to tell a story about it? A- uh, no, mine's not that interesting, but you tell yours. So I had a friend who was... Just um, by the way, this is. it seems like a really medieval practice, but I guess not, huh? No, not at all. I had a, uh, a a friend, somebody that I met who was uh, keen to study the Bible. We studied the Bible together and he gave his life to God. Amen. Um, he was deeply addicted to the game Dungeons and Dragons and felt that that was having a negative impact on his life mm-hmm. and that it was um, involved in, mm-hmm. in um, yeah, spiritual, spiritualism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He felt it was very satanic and he had a lot of books. He had a lot of paraphernalia that were connected to it. He specialized in... Collecting uh, scavia or something or other, scavia, something like that, mm-hmm. which are uh, basically rat men. Okay. Uh, so this was this is something that he um, he specialised in with this particular um, um, <coughs> game. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he was talking to me about it. I said, "Hey, you want to have a book burning? Mm-hmm. Bring it all over to my place. We've got a, a lot of fire down the back paddock and." And you can cleanse it from your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he's like, yep, that's a good idea. And so uh, he brought over uh, probably about you know, your two average size boxes worth of stuff. So a fair bit of stuff. Yeah, yeah. A uh, big pile of books. I think there's like you know, maybe seven or eight books and all of these little figurines and whatnot. They're all painted up and so forth. And uh, so we built a bonfire, mm-hmm. put all this stuff on the bonfire. It wasn't a huge bonfire, maybe the height of a kitchen table kind mm-hmm, of fire, mm-hmm. piled it all on top and lit it up. Mm-hmm. Stood back and watched it all burn as you do. Yep. Now this was down the back paddock. It was near the bush. As we were watching it burn, uh-huh. a whole heap of rats oh. came pouring out of the fire. Oh, that's festy. What the what? Mm-hmm. That's 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 freaky. Mm-hmm. That's really scary, Lyle. It was a very sobering experience, mm-hmm. and. For both of us, because there was just the two of us who were standing there. It was one of those experiences where you really recognize, okay, Satan is real. Uh-huh. Satan is powerful. Yeah. Satan is making his statement right now. Yeah. And uh, he claims to be the prince of this earth, but he is a conquered, defeated foe that through the power of Christ, we do not need to fear him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there are some things that he involves himself with. And before this, I was a little like, is this a game? Is it spiritualism? Is it a crossover between the two? Does the devil really, you know, work through these kind of things? 
was a rather convincing experience. Yeah, yeah. If you're involved in Dungeons and Dragons, as a listener today, I would say have a book burning. Yeah. This is not a bad thing. It's supported in the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. The devil will use as many agencies as he can. So it's really no surprise that if we're addicted to something, that's he, that he's definitely involved with it. <coughs> yeah. Addictions are never things that we should get involved in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, addictions take away the power of your mind to connect to the power of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they, t- well, they take the place of God. They, they do. They become the first priority in your life. Even first. with, even you know, even if you don't want it there because you're addicted to it, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you should have no other gods before God. The only thing that should control your mind is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right, where are we up to, Mon? Let's keep reading. Okay, so we've had this book burning. Uh, let me see. We're up to verse 21. Oh, by the way, if anyone wants to have a book burning, I've got a big bonfire at my place at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Let me know if you're in the Newcastle Hunter area. Give us a call. Paul Stevens, Central Coast. Mm-hmm. We can make that happen. Verse 21, afterward, Paul felt compelled by the Spirit to go over to Macedonia and Achaia before going to Jerusalem. And after that, he said, I must go on to Rome. He sent his two assistants, Timothy and Erastus, ahead to Macedonia while he stayed a while longer in the province of Asia. Okay, so he's heading, he, wants to, he wants to go to Rome, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He's, he's uh, very, very determined that this is a city that he wants. This, I mean, and, and when you think about it, Rome was the city of the age. Mm-hmm. All roads led to Rome. Yeah. Rome had ruled the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about the countries that Rome was ruling over. It was ruling over Germany. Hey. <laughs> Not much longer. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But Germany, England, France, Portugal, Spain, uh, the Balkan countries, there's a whole bunch of those, like what, seven or eight of those? Uh, Greece, Turkey, Lebanon, Syria, Iran, Iraq, Israel, Egypt, um, the whole of North Africa, you know, Libya, Tunisia. You know, we could name country after country after country that Rome was the ruler over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you think about all of those countries right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we've just, you know, Hungary and, and, uh, you just go Romania, obviously, uh-huh. Uh-huh. still called after the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, Bulgaria. How many? How many countries are there in there today that make up what what was once the Roman Empire? A lot. A lot yeah. of countries. Mm-hmm. And you imagine how divided those countries are today, mm-hmm. and how they would respond if you went to them and said, "Hey, guess what." We're going to make this all one country. Mm-hmm. You would have just that to, to hold that empire together would be a feat of monumental proportions. Mm-hmm. And Rome had been doing that, accomplishing that for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. The Roman Empire lasted three times longer than any previous empire that had ruled over that part of the world. Yeah, this was this was you know, and Rome still is the model to th- to this day of globalism. It's true. People, people who are studying globalism, people who are promoting globalism, people who want to bring in a new world order, Rome is the model that is used. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, of course, it's only natural that Paul's like, you know what? Christians and Jews have been kicked out of Rome. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to Rome. All right. Sounds like Paul, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. If, it if totally this is, if does. This is a tough, if this is a tough city, if this is a tough place to go, then... Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, of course, he writes a letter to Rome. So, you know, when Claudius boots them all out, obviously the um, 
<coughs> that didn't last too long because they start to filter back in. There is a thriving church happening there in Rome, and so Paul's like, "Yep, I am. Uh, I'm going to head off there." Where are we up to, Mon? Where? Uh, we are actually at the end of our segment, but do we really want to start the next part? Because the next part, uh, the next whole next segment is it? Yeah, he gets there and uh, starts a bit of a riot. <laughs> oh, we don't have time to get into the riot. We don't have time to get into the riot, but yeah, he he definitely signs up and he's like, do you know what? Put me on the dotted line. I'm heading there, and before you know it, there's rioting. But uh, we might have to say that for this is actually the main part of today's study. The riot. The riot. We didn't even get there. We didn't get there. There was too much to talk about already, but we will yeah. get there tomorrow, we promise. Well, there's a lot of stuff that happened just in those, you know, what, 10 short verses? You know, we had Sikankis yeah. and book burnings and all kinds of stuff going Skeever's on. Skeever's sons. Yeah, but hey, do you know what? If you'd like Skeever's to know more about the Bible, give us a call here because we can hook you up. If you're enjoying these studies and you want to have uh, studies maybe one-on-one or in a group setting, you can call us here at Faith FM. Our number is 1-800-324-843. We're going to continue with the right in Ephesus tomorrow and uh, we'll be learning more about our encounter with God.
Welcome back, guys. That was for him with... Do you enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Multicultural Adventist Church on Newcastle Road in Wallsend, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10am every Thursday. Great! I'll see you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. your head little one lift your eyes to see the sun lift your heart and burden so oh rejoice in hope lift your head little You're listening to Anna Beaton with Hope, Patience and Prayer here on Faith FM. 
And, and uh, <laughs> Thursday just <laughs> continues. We got Martha waving through the window here. You're on, you're on. And before we try <laughs> to we come tried on, we tried to come on the wrong time, and then we tried not to come on at all. <laughs> oh, too funny. Well, what we just yeah, we can never seem to get together. Anyway, let me give another clue for this quiz. <laughs> Maybe you, dear listener, can get it together and give us a call and tell us the answer already. We know you know the answer. This is such an easy quiz. It's going to be one of the most famous Bible characters ever. Uh, this is the last clue I'm going to give you. I wrote the 23rd Psalm. Come on there now. You go. Come the on now. Psalm. You know who that is. Give it us a call. With Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy. Oh, not that one. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Lyle South? That's the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> this is the one that, you know, the one walk, walks through the, the valley, valley of the shadow, shadow of death. death. I feel no evil. Feel no evil. So 1 800 Faith FM, 1 800 324 843. Or you can text 0491 064 669. Tell us who that is. We will send you the prize. Lyle, it's time yes. for question of the day. Bring it on. Okay, this is a really good question. You actually mentioned this in passing yesterday. Yes. And uh, and you kind of just referenced it as if everyone would know what it was. But yes. turns out we don't. Oh. Question is, uh, and this refers to Mark chapter 13 verse 10 or is it 10 verse 13? I can't remember. Why does, why did Jesus say mm-hmm. that we should pray that our flight not be in the winter? Okay, so I'm going to read this one from Matthew chapter 24. Okay, go on. Yeah. Uh, in verse 20, it says, But pray that your flight is not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is not talking about flying to Germany, Mon. Okay. This is a different kind of flight. Because yeah, I am taking a winter flight. You are next indeed. Next week. Okay. Right. Well, actually, spring flight, my bad. <laughs> spring flight. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's nothing wrong with flying in winter. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's better to fly in winter because the, uh, the, the air makes it more efficient. Thanks, science. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, the Bible here is talking about fleeing, which is a kind of an old English way of describing running for your life. So pray that you don't have to run for your life in the winter or on the Sabbath day, which kind of makes sense. You know, who wants to run for their life in the winter? Oh, It's cold. I don't know, but running for your life in the summer, I think I feel like there's going to be just as much complications, like, you know, hydration, sunburn, like... I feel like there's going to be just as much peril on both sides of that. In this country, yeah, you might have a point there in relationship to uh, hydration. However, here's the, here's the key thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so long as you can get enough hydration, you're going to be fine as far as you know the heat goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in winter, you can have as much hydration as you want. If it gets too cold, you're simply going to freeze to death. Okay. So there are, you know, there, there are pros and cons to uh, to this whole equation. But Jesus says, pray that your flight is not in the winter or on the Sabbath day. The key to understanding this passage is that this is where the Bible is speaking about the great time of trouble at the very end of time. Mm-hmm. He is giving signs of his coming and he says, okay, there's going to be time of trouble and when, when you see certain events happen, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, etc., stand in the holy place. We could talk about that maybe another question time. Mm-hmm. Uh, then run for your lives. Don't even, don't even stop to go back into your house. Just leave. Mm-hmm. Just, just drop everything and go. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of Christians today who would say that, well, you know, obviously God is a God of love and so he would never allow Christians to be persecuted. Mm-hmm. Which is like, okay, do you know nothing about Christian history? You know, during the Dark Ages, 150 million Christians lost their lives because of their faith. Yeah. Christians have been fleeing for their lives the entire history of Christianity. Persecution beyond what you can even begin to imagine in its horror. 
has been taking place on Christians. And so why should God single out at the last generation at the very end of times? Like, okay, every other generation can face persecution. And if you're, uh, you know, um, wondering about that, just contact Voice of the Martyrs. You know, every other generation can face persecution. But this last generation, I'm too loving to allow them to face persecution. Huh? How does that even work? Mm, persecution started with Cain and Abel. Absolutely. So we need to look at a couple of things very quickly. First of all, the Bible says and the Bible tells you where you can hide at the end of time. Psalms 91 is all about the time of trouble at the very end of time. And the Bible says that we can hide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's the only place that you can hide. In other words, be fully surrendered to Jesus Christ and he will find a hiding place for you. The Bible says, A thousand shall fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but no plague is coming anywhere near where you live. That psalm is for the end of time. It's also significant that when you look at the seven churches, which are symbolic in Revelation of seven different time periods of God's church down through history, that when you come to the second last church, not the last one, but the second last church, it is the church in Philadelphia. And a very special promise is made to this church. It's promised that I will keep you from the hour of tribulation that is coming on the earth. And then you go to the last church. Okay, so if the second last church is like, yeah, I'm going to keep you from the hour of tribulation that is coming, the implication very, very clearly is, okay, the last church, they're not going to be kept from that implication. There are hard things facing us in the future. Hard things have faced Christians before. God has got them through and God will get us through as well. Thank you so much for answering that. Lyle, if you have a question, contact us here at Faith FM. The number is 1-800-324-843. Ask us any question about the Bible. We'll answer it live on air.
You're listening to Matt Minicus and Josie Minicus with the song Peace here on Faith FM. We have an exciting giveaway. We've been telling you about this for the last few days, but it's time to give away free movie tickets, Lyle. Hey, movie night. Yes. Is is this like a Faith FM first for us? I'm so excited about this. I think this is. Yeah. So this is Voice of the Martyrs movie. Yes. We've the story of Richard him. Wormbrandt. Yeah, we've interviewed the CEO of uh, Voice of the Martyrs. So this is an incredible opportunity. And uh, and good friends of ours uh, over at Voice of the Martyrs, and they've sent us tickets. We have free tickets to give we away. Have free tic- we have tickets for, for several states, but we're going to start in New South Wales. So yes. today's tickets are for the Sydney screening. Let me tell you a little bit about this movie. Uh, it's, a, it's called Tortured for Christ, and it is a cinematic retelling of the testimony of the Voice of the Martyrs founder, Pastor Richard uh, Wormbrandt, as you just said. Uh, you know, he actually wrote this as a book initially it was an international bestseller Tortured for Christ and uh, this film is filmed entirely in Romania including in the very prison where Pastor Wormbrand endured torture and solitary confinement it's a powerful absolutely powerful film uh, it uniquely presents the story with live action rather than interviews mm-hmm. so it's a really fascinating movie um, dialogue was presented in English Romanian and Russian with uh, English subtitles of course and uh, so it holds to the authenticity of the true story and uh, yeah, it's going to be screening uh, this coming Saturday night, right? Yes, that's right. Saturday night. Um, uh, Reading Cinemas in Rhodes, New South Wales, in uh, Sydney. And, and we, uh, I'll be there. To, yeah, we will both You'll be, be there. there. Yes. yes. Yeah, we've been given free come tickets and meet as the, well. Come and, come and meet the hosts. Yes, and we have two free tickets to give away. If you would like to go or if you know someone in Sydney that you would like to uh, send along to this movie, maybe you could be a good friend and give them these uh, tickets as a present. We'll email you the tickets, by the way. Uh, give us a call now. The number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. And uh, we will send you uh, free tickets to Tortured for Christ, the movie. And then, of course, coming up on the 15th, in Victoria and Western Australia and then on the 22nd of September in South Australia and Queensland uh, we will have the, uh, the the screenings. Of, yes. We've got tickets for all of those. We've got tickets for all of those, but we're going to release them bit by bit. We'll be giving those away over the next week or two, so stay tuned. We're going to be a lot of free tickets in the next couple of days and uh, into next week. So if you want to go check out Tortured for Christ, the, uh, the Voice of the Martyrs movie, based on a true story, the story of Pastor Richard Warmbrandt, and uh, and I guess, yeah, martyr, by the way, is what's what the martyr mean? It's a term for... Ma- martyr is somebody who gives their life um, you know, in, in Christian context for Jesus mm-hmm. Christ for and their we, faith we were just talking about persecution and how we were. it most certainly is real yeah. and, uh, and this movie will definitely never give gone away. to that yeah. 1-800-324-843 is our number call right now to secure your free tickets to this particular movie thanks for joining us today of course we'll be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news we hope you have a wonderful blessed and grateful day stay tuned we've got more great programming coming up right after this song
find gold I'll clothe you in Pure clothes of white And give to you my perfect sight I love you Much more can God above. 